everybody. It's Carla Swanigan with the KSM Podcast. And we're going to pick up today where we left off last week. If you haven't had a chance to listen to podcast episode eight, Peace in the Storm, go back to that and and get into that before you listen to this, because we're going to pick up in the books of Mark and Luke where we left off last week. And so just to recap, last week we talked about when Jesus says, get in the boat, we're going to the other side, you are guaranteed delivery to the other side. No matter what storms come up in the midst of your journey, you are going to make it to the other side. So just be assured of that. And remember when those storms come up and those interferences and distractions of the enemy to rebuke those storms, tell them to hush and be quiet because you are going to the other side and you are guaranteed delivery over there. And just remember, do not let the storms and the schemes of the enemy interfere with your destiny. Don't let them intimidate you out of your purpose and your calling and your destiny when you reach the other side, because God's got something awesome over there for you on the other side. So that's what we're going to talk about today is actually reaching the other side and what God has for us there. And so let's just start. Let's jump into the scripture today. We're going to pick up in the book of Mark chapter five, and we're going to do, um, the text one through 10. And I'm reading from the passion translation. Cause as you know, that's my favorite way to read the Bible right now. So let's pick up in Mark chapter five, verse one through 10. They arrived at the other side of the lake at the region of the Gerenses. As Jesus stepped ashore, a demon-possessed madman came out of the graveyard and confronted him. The man had been living there among the tombs of the dead, and no one was able to restrain him, not even with chains. For every time they attempted to chain his hands and feet with shackles, he would snap the chains and break the shackles in pieces. He was so strong that no one had the power to subdue him. Day and night, he could be found lurking in the cemetery or in the vicinity, shrieking and mangling himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran to him and threw himself down before him, screaming out at the top of his lungs, Leave me alone, Jesus, son of the Most High God. Swear in God's name that you won't torture me. For Jesus had already said to him, Come out of that man, you demon spirit. So Jesus said to him, What is your name? Mob, he answered. They call me mob because there are thousands of us in his body. He begged Jesus repeatedly not to expel them out of the region. Okay, so we learn a lot in this text. There's this demonic man. He's been um, oppressing the town. He, you know, runs around naked and crazy and he screams at people. They try to chain him down and he's so strong they can't even restrain him and he hurts himself and he torments the community. And so right away, Jesus recognizes that it's a demonic oppression and commands it to come out of him. Okay. But then this is the part that I think is so interesting. He asks the demonic spirit, what is your name? And he answers him mob. And in my study notes, a lot of the times when it may be in your translation that you're studying from, he actually says legion. So in some translations, instead of mob, it says legion, means the same thing, but it's a Roman military unit of more than 6,000 men. Okay, so there are so many demonic spirits oppressing this poor man in this town that he has named himself legion or mob because there are so many of them. And that just makes me so sad for this man. I mean, of course, the townspeople, because they've been having to deal with this forever, 
But also this poor man has been tormented for how many years? And Jesus immediately sees him, immediately sees the scariest guy in town, right? The one that everybody stays away from. Jesus immediately goes to him and says, come out of that man, you know? So he takes it um, immediately and deals with it. And even the demons inside of this man recognize the power and the authority of Jesus. And they start begging him not to cast them out, right? And so I think that's so interesting. And what I feel like the Lord really showed me through this text is sometimes when we're being oppressed by something, when something's coming against us, I mean, it doesn't have to be like we're living with demons inside of us. That's not what I mean. But when we're oppressed by some plan of the enemy um, or scheme of the enemy, I think it's real important sometimes to recognize that and call it out by name. I think that's a real powerful way to pray. Um, and what that would look like is if you're dealing with, let's say insecurity, you know, you're feeling real insecure about a situation or, you know, a group of people that you're with, you're just feeling really insecure. You're not feeling welcome. You're not feeling approved of by them. You're not feeling included when you recognize, Oh, wait a minute. When you're praying about it and you're just like, wow, wait a minute. This is insecurity. This isn't, this isn't even the truth. This is a spirit of insecurity trying to come against me. And I think it's super powerful for you just to write then stop what you're doing and pray and say, okay, right now in the name of Jesus, I recognize you in security and I rebuke you and command you to go in the name of Jesus. And Jesus, I just thank you now that I find my identity in you. I find my approval in you. I find all my acceptance and security in you. And so I think it's really powerful to pray that way. And I think that's what Jesus is demonstrating. Just one of the things he's demonstrating in this text in Mark that we just read. Okay, so now we're going to skip over to Luke. Let's pick it up in Luke. We're going to continue the story right where we left off, but we're going to read it from Luke chapter 8, verse 31. So if you've got your Bibles on your phone or they're with you, if you're doing your devotional time, Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 8. We're going to pick it up in verse 31. So backing up, Jesus asked the man, what is your name? Um, The demons answered, mob, because there's many of us. Okay, please don't banish us to the bottomless pit of the abyss. And then in verse 32, on the hillside nearby, there was a large herd of pigs, and the demons pled with Jesus, let us enter into the pigs. So Jesus ordered all the mob of demons to come out of the man and enter the pigs. The crazed herd of swine stampeded over the cliff into the lake and all of them drowned. When the herders tending the pigs saw what happened, they ran off in fear and reported it to the nearby town and throughout the countryside. Then the people of the region came out to see for themselves what had happened. When they came to see where Jesus was, they discovered the notorious madman totally set free. He was clothed, speaking intelligently, and sitting at the feet of Jesus. They were shocked. Then the eyewitnesses to the miracle reported all that they had seen and how the demonized man was completely delivered from his torment. After hearing about such amazing power, the townspeople became frightened. Soon, all the people of the region of Gerenses and the surrounding country begged Jesus to leave them, for they were gripped with fear. Okay, so I just want to say right there, this man is totally set free He's totally um, delivered from all of his demons. And the townspeople see this and they freak out and they get really afraid. And not only do they get afraid, 
they get really angry because in today's terms, my study notes also showed me that in today's monetary economy terms, the value of those pigs was about $250,000. And so when they jumped over the cliff and drowned, those people just lost their income. They just lost the way that they were making money. $250,000 of their income went over the cliff. And so they're super angry. But on top of that, they see the miracle working power of God. This man is completely healed. He's completely delivered. They see that and they become afraid. So there's a couple of things going on here in this text. You know, they ask Jesus to leave because they're afraid. They get into fear and they let that fear keep them from experiencing possibly their own healing. Because we see that in all the other towns Jesus went to, he set the captives free. He brought healing and deliverance everywhere he went. So here this town has an opportunity to experience that for themselves, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. But because they were afraid, that stopped that from happening for them. And then also they got angry because they saw their income their promise of provision go off the cliff in those pigs. So instead of turning to Jesus and saying, Hey, we're going to trust you for new provision. We're not going to be having a fear of lack or fear of provision. We know that you are our provider. We're going to trust you to show us a new way to provide for ourselves. We're going to trust you for all of our provision. Instead of that, they totally chose the security of their own way of doing things, their own, um, self-reliance, their own provision over the presence of Jesus in their community and over a lot. And again, allowing to see how Jesus does things. They chose their own way of doing things, self-dependence, and they ask him to leave. So fear stopped them from receiving their own healing and anger and fear of lack and fear of provision stopped them from having a further encounter with Jesus. And I think that's really, that's just really something that we all need to pay attention to. Let's go into back to Mark chapter five. We're going to pick up the story, Mark chapter five, 18 through 20. So they've asked him to leave. And so now Jesus begins to get into the boat to depart. And the man who had been set free from demons asked him, can I go with you? Jesus answered, no, but said to him, go back to your home and to your family And tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them how he has had mercy on you. So the man left and went into the region of Jordan and parts of Syria to tell everyone he had met about what Jesus had done for him. And all the people marveled. And I think that's so awesome because, listen, God used the most demonically oppressed, most broken, you know, for lack of a better term, most crazy jacked up dude in the whole town to become his evangelist. And all this guy wanted to do was just sit and soak in God's presence and just be in awe of him. And it's like, Jesus is like, yeah, I totally get that. I understand that. But it's real important that you go and spread the gospel. Go and talk about all that you've seen in this place and all that I've done. And so I just love that repeatedly in the Bible, in the Old Testament, with Rahab and um, even David and his sin, like God always uses the broken. He uses those of us who 
God's rescued from some pit to go and say, hey, listen, I was all messed up and God healed me. He delivered me. He set me free. And I believe that those are the people with the, some of the most powerful testimonies because they are overcomers. They have seen the goodness of God in their own lives. They know where they came from. They know what God set them free from. And I think that gives them such a powerful testimony. And so I don't know what God has set you free from. I don't know what he's delivered you from, but you know, and I think Jesus is telling you today, I know you want to just hang out with me and be with me and sit at my feet. And that's awesome. There's a time for that. There's a purpose for that. That's so important too. But you know what? You also need to go and share what I've done because your testimony is powerful. You need to be authentic and vulnerable and tell the truth of where you've been and where he's delivered you from and where he's brought you to in his kingdom. It's so, so powerful. And I think that that's what God's showing us in this text right here that he calls us to go. Romans 10, 14 tells us, how will they know about him unless someone tells them? And we're that someone, you guys, we're meant to go and, and share the gospel, but not just talk about Jesus, share what he's done in your life, make it personal. That's so powerful to people when they can look at you and hear your story and see an example, an illustration of what God can do and what God's already done. So I just want to remind you guys that your story matters. So go and share your story. Tell what God's delivered you from. Don't, don't just sit at his feet. That's super awesome. But go and share what he's done. Set a captive free. Let other people be free from what you've learned as well. And remember, don't be intimidated by those storms. Don't be intimidated out of your destiny. Because when you get to the other side, the enemy knows that there is something amazing, some kind of miracle on the other side, a destiny, a calling, a ministry that God's calling you to. Jesus set this demonically oppressed man free and delivered him, but he also made him a missionary evangelist who went all over sharing the good news. And who knows how many people got saved and delivered because of this man's testimony. So get to the other side. Don't be intimidated away from your destiny. Go and do what God's called you to do. And when you recognize the oppression of the enemy, the demonic agenda, the assignment that's come against you. Stand up and rebuke it by name. Call it out. Shut it down. Receive God's truth and walk in your authority. Don't let the enemy stop you from encountering him because you're afraid. You know, we see all kinds of demonstrations of God's healing power. And sometimes if it's something we've never seen before, or sometimes if it's something that we're kind of out of our box that we're not comfortable with, um, we can let fear of that shut it down, you know, and then we miss our encounter. Please, please, please pray in advance and ask God to help you not be afraid when you see his miracle working power, when you experience him, because you don't want to miss your encounter with him. Don't let fear shut it down. Share with others all that God's done for you. Experience him, encounter him. Set the captives free, you guys. I think it's so important that we share what God's done for us. And sometimes the most broken of us have the most powerful stories. So I hope that encourages you today. Um, God bless you guys. I just want to pray for you really quick before we go. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless everyone that's listening. I ask, Lord God, that you would break any fear of um, encounter off of them. I pray that you would help them to just experience you and have um, peace and joy when they encounter you, God, 
And Lord, I pray that when they recognize, first of all, I pray that they would recognize the schemes of the enemy, the oppressions of the enemy, and that they would do like you did, Jesus. In this text we read today from Mark and Luke, they would call it out by name and they would rebuke it and they would receive your truth, Jesus. I pray that um, they would then share all that you've done, God. They would tell their story. They'd be vulnerable. They'd be authentic. And they would share and tell your story. And they would set other captives free. And they would bring other people into encounter with you, Lord, to know the truth about you being their Savior. I pray all this in Jesus' name, Lord. Get these folks to the other side, Lord, so they can see their destiny, their purpose, their calling, their ministry. And don't let any storm or interference of the enemy stop them or delay them in any way. I thank you, God, that our eyes are on you. We look to you, Jesus. We call out on you and we say, help us get to the other side, Lord. We pray all these things in the mighty, holy, delivering, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Walk in your authority. Be encouraged. Get to the other side. Don't stop now. You're going to make it. Love you guys, and I'll talk to you next time.